Welcome to Think Orphan, the podcast for orphan excellence. Real talk with real people navigating the global orphan crisis. Let's join our hosts, Phil Dark and Kelly Stewart. Welcome to episode 15 of the Think Orphan podcast, where we seek to help you navigate the orphan crisis with experts from around the world. Phil, who are we talking to today? Yeah, well, again, we get to hear the second part of the interview I was able to do with Daniel Cogwa. So if you haven't listened to part one of that, which is last week's episode, I uh, strongly encourage you to do so. Otherwise, you'll feel like you're coming in halfway through the story, and that's because you are. So I know that uh, you want to hear that. It's It really is the story that is behind what we're talking about uh, today in this uh, in this part of the interview. It's This is essentially the um, the work that Daniel is doing around the world. Um, and it's really mainly in, in Africa, but he's also doing stuff in the United States and other parts. And I really am encouraged by how his life and the experiences he's had have informed the work that he is doing. It is, it's so dead on. And, and like kind of what I, what I, how I see it is really God has worked in him in so many different ways so that he can work through him in so many different ways. And so I hope you're as encouraged and you learn and you can, as, as Kelly said last week, you can just really kind of let it sink in and let it soak in how the story um, really is, is one that is so real and it's so raw and it's so much what so many children around the world are experiencing. And to see what God can do th- through that is just encouraging and inspiring. Absolutely. Let's get to the second half, and we hope you enjoy it like we did. And so what, what is the ministry right now that you're, uh, how, does, how does that relate to what you're doing today in the ministry that you have today? Yeah, it has, actually this ministry has, um, the, it has given me one, it, uh, it, has, it has given me uh, a very good example, just to know uh, that every child needs to have a family, needs to have a belonging. And having known that every child needs to have a belonging out of all these experiences that we have gone through, uh, then we we came up and said that, no, I think it's not only us, but let everybody in Uganda, in Africa, and the world at large be able to be part, to be able to hear our story. One of the things that we came to realize that we were also adopted according to Romans chapter number eight, verse number 15. So having known that for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Then having known all these biblical, you know, uh, these scriptures, I was uh, I was able to rise up uh, uh, boldly to be able to take on another step. Like it's not only to, it's not going to die in us, but we have to share this message to each and everybody we come across. Mm. So we started sharing this three years ago when I came to uh, Christian Alliance for Orphans uh, three years ago. And then hearing all these sermons and hearing the passion, then I went back home in Uganda and I was able to mobilize churches. The first year I mobilized over 300 churches. Mm. And then they they all came under, we all came under one cause, uh, Orphan Sunday. 
and that was one of the targets that we have always been using to sensitize and raise awareness. Then the second year, which was 2014, uh, I was able to come up with over a thousand churches mm. and then they all came together under this one, uh, uh, I mean, under this one cause. Then 2015, then we opened up what we call Alliance for a Uganda Without Orphans. Alliance for Uganda Orphans, 2015, we were able to come up with 2,331 churches. Mm. And they all came under churches and organizations, NGOs. They all came under this, this uh, uh, under uh, Alliance for Uganda Orphans, under one cause. And then I'm, I'm just like, this will not die in me. Mm. everybody has to be part of it because mm -hmm. it's a global call and we all need to share this burden all of us together so that uh, other churches can be able to buy into it because it's more of this James 127 is is uh, is for the church actually I've been talking to some of the leaders and, 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 and they told me that, no, this is the work of the government. And I told them, no, this is the work of the church. The <laughs> government has not been called uh, to take care of orphans and widows. It is the church, James 1.27. So God is calling us to be able to take in children as a church. True and undefiled religion is this, to take care of orphans and widows so we cannot run our way out of it we cannot dodge it around mm. and however much we do it it is our responsibility so i've been telling that church and i've been telling my government and i've been telling everybody around like this is our responsibility mm. to take care of children so the government is helping the church right but it is the uh it's an obligation of the church to take care of orphans and widows yeah, and I've heard you say uh, a couple things uh, to this note. And uh, James one twenty seven, I've heard you say, is all about restoring and strengthening ties in the community or to the community. Mm -hmm. And it reminds the church to look after orphans and widows. And this ministry is to be done first in our communities. Mm -hmm. And then I've also heard you say, when caring for orphans, we can look at five dimensions, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and social. Typically, yeah. we, typically we look mainly at the physical aspect, clothing, mm -hmm. food, and shelter. We forget about the other four, but we yeah. really need to address all of them. Mm -hmm. Is that the, is that the really the heart of the training that you're doing? I know that you had said that you not only are doing it, the training and training up people in Africa, but also here in the U S um, mm -hmm. you are, you know, you just in fact are currently on a tour of the U S training up the church on mm -hmm. these issues that we're talking about. Um, so is that really at the core of what you're, you're training up these churches um, to, to be understanding these nuances, understanding the, the, the meaning as you see it and as you've learned through your experience of what God is talking to us about visiting orphans and their affliction? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To me, to me, this is the greatest call. I mean, uh, we majorly... Uh, as you know, that the Western Western has done a great work of supporting uh, orphans around the globe, and uh, we really thank God for the good work that they are doing to help orphans. But uh, mostly, when we uh, did our research, we came to find out that uh, that uh, most of them will only look at the physical needs which you have even mentioned. They have food, they have shelter, they have uh, school fees, and that's all. Uh, 
it is very important because even us, we are taking care of orphans and then, uh, but we support them with the school fees and medical in their own families, in families where they live. Mm-hmm. And that is very great. But you know, I always think about this. I always think about the spiritual aspect that when I was fostered into the family for three months, one of the things that my adopted father or fostered father did was to take me to his church and he introduced me to that church. He told the church that Daniel has become one of our sons. He has given his life to Christ. We are going to disciple him. We are going to teach him. And I'm sure that I am what I am today because this family did a great work in my life. That is the spiritual aspect. That is, that's the spiritual part of it. Mm. They showed me Christ mm. to the level that even now I'm still confessing him as my personal savior. Now, I sometimes think, oh, I wish they had not taught me this. Probably I would, I would be dead. But because they put Christ first and they did not, uh, I mean, they taught me much about this. And then I saw what they did that really challenged my my spirit and my heart that's why the second time uh that's why the third time i did not even commit suicide because they had already sown that seed in my life the spiritual seed and it's very very important Mm -hmm. so when we're taking children in our homes it is our responsibility even to teach them as the bible says that train up a child when he's still young by the time he grows up he will never forget so they really taught me much that I cannot even forget what they did in my life. That's very important. So sometimes we forget about this. And then we look at only one part, which is the, uh, uh, which is the basic needs, but still the spiritual needs, uh, needs are also very, very important. Then on top of that, uh, these, peop- these children have gone through some emotions. They have been rejected. They have been abandoned. They have been told that you are not loved. You have no one for you. They have been shown up that nobody is there for them. So they have that kind of, uh, that challenge emotionally. So this is the right time to bring this child back and tell that child that I love you. Mm -hmm. I love you as Christ loved the church. And they have adopted you as God adopted us in his own family. And you are in my family not because of any other thing, but because of the love of Christ. And then you can also bring up some other stories, like how Jesus was was adopted in the family of Joseph, how Joseph, uh, I mean, how uh, Moses was adopted in the family of, of Pharaoh, how Esther was adopted. And then you can, you, you know, be able to revive the, the, the heart of this child who has been taken in. So through love. So emotionally, this child, uh, has a challenge. So you need to, to also to tackle that and then bring up in the best way that the child will feel like he or she is loved. I was loved in my family. That's why I was not, uh, even now, I still remember, I still recall what they did for me. Right. It was through love. So these are some of the things that we teach. And then we, we tell the world that let's not only look at one part of it, but let's have the five aspects. Let's bring them mm. all together. Yeah, let's also teach them some skills. Right. Whereby when they come in your house, by the time they will age out, they will know how to do their, I mean, they will know how to 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 wash 
to do laundry. They will know how to sweep the house. They will know. I mean, they will also have some other, you you know, you know some other skills like mechanics and then uh, uh, you know carpentry and then uh, uh, computer studies. So we should not just bring them, put them into a house or in an institution and just let them eat, drink, sleep and go to school. But we should also encourage them by putting them, by setting some other uh, uh, some other skills before them so that by the time they age out, they don't become a problem to mm-hmm. the society, mm-hmm. but they become useful to the society. Right. And, uh, and I've always been telling, I was telling my government recently as I was asking them to work hand in hand, the church and the government. And I I told them that if one child is supported by the government or by any Christian family, and this one child will save lives of people because this one child would probably, after he ages out, he would probably be a robber. And then he would go and kill some other people. Then by killing them, he's creating more orphans in the society mm-hmm. or in the nation than helping this one to prevent the 10 families that would have been killed Hmm. or to prevent the 20 families that would have been killed and then create more orphans. Mm -hmm. Because if you support one child today, you are saving, I mean, you are bringing the number of orphans down in any country, Hmm. anywhere. By yeah. saving only, by paying school fees for only one child, right. you are saving hundreds of families. So, mm. so that's what I was telling the government that it's very important. Like we do the five: the spiritual, the physical, emotional, uh, social is very important. As I told you, uh, that one of the challenges, the other challenge that I went through, uh, that uh, when I was fostered into the family. My father forgot or did not even take it in mind to be to take me to his family to introduce me there. And that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. So I came to realize that if he had introduced me as his son, I would probably have had someone to take me in. But the three months I was in his house, his house we never went anywhere. So I came to discover that social aspect is very important. Mm. When you go for the wedding, take this child. Yeah. When you go for a party, take this child. When you go for sports, take this child. Let the community see you having some fun and some games and some visits together with this child you have put into your family. Mm. So that other people may come and say that, oh, that is Enoch's son. That is Daniel's son. We always see him taking him. Whenever he goes, he's always with him. When we invited him for the party, he came with him. So that brings... I mean, that gives a child an identity. Right. So most of the times, if this child is not taken out to socialize with some other children, with some other families, at the end of the day, he may also be distra- I, mean, I mean, he may be dispre- uh, depressed after mm-hmm. 18 years. Yeah. And he's like, he did not socialize because they are kept in one place. This is one of the challenges uh, that uh, we, we also came to discover when they are in one place. They are in one place, like 100, 200 of them, 300. And you cannot even have time for them to take them out to be able to socialize with the community, in the community, or even with different families altogether. But if you take in one child, wherever you go, that child will be able to benefit. He will socialize with the families where 
uh, you'll be also be visiting. So yeah. these are some of the key aspects that we teach. And yeah. it's what I've been yeah. teaching in the US actually. Yeah, no, and that 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 is so, it's just so poignant. And I think your story shows the power. It was three months in a family that truly loved you that had, had a lifetime impact. And as you said, took this child that either either you were going to commit suicide or you might have done some you know harm to other people or just not been productive in society. But instead, you have gone and impacted millions of people around the world in different ways. And I mean, maybe millions. I, I imagine there's, there's so many people you don't even know you've impacted because people and the multiplicative effect of the work that you've been doing with so many other people, obviously collaborating with other people around the world to be able to do this great work. Um, but I just want to focus on, real quick on, on one thing that you had mentioned about there's so much um, good, really, really good, important work going on today on the family preservation and poverty alleviation. And cause so many of these kids that end up in institutions actually have family. Um, what what kind of uh, encouragement training are you able to do with churches um, to encourage them to keep the children that are their biological children in their home and to strengthen the families and to alleviate poverty to the certain extent that you can so that there isn't as much of a need for the adoptions for the orphanages that are out there? Yeah, I believe I believe that if Christians, if we, we really uh, get up, read the Bible, and then understand it well, I think every Christian would be able to, uh, uh, I mean, uh, would be able to to take in a child or will be able to foster, adopt, or support because we we say that not everybody has been called to adopt or foster, but we have all, we, we are all called to support. So uh, one of the things that I would uh, probably share about this, it is like, uh, churches, families needs to come back to, uh, they always need to come back to the Bible and, uh, we, everything we do, everything we teach, we are Bible based. Everything is, 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 is Bible based. So I would just want to encourage, uh, the family and I would just want to encourage each and everybody, uh, that uh, when you bring in a child, when you take in a child in your house, in your family, that child you have brought in your family will be a blessing. That child in your house will be a blessing. So that child can be like me at the end of the day. And that child can be able to transform the community, the nation, and the world upside down 10 years from now. So as you bring in this child in your house, this child is going to be uh, a blessing in your house, in your family, and at the end of the day, in your community. So I, I would just want to encourage each and every one of us not to fear, because most of the times we fear. Most of the times we think, that where am I going to put this child? How am I, what am I going to feed him? What am I going to give this child? But I believe that the little that you have can even be sufficient for each and every one. You can set up another one bedroom beside your house. You can do something small into the life of this child 
And this child will be very much more blessed out of whatever you can be able to do for that child. But most of the times, there is a lot of uh, fear in us that we cannot be able to do it. Or else we say, we need to plan about it. We need to do a budget about it. And it's not about the budget. It is about trusting God. I really trust God that if we have these children in our families, that will be uh, a great work and that will even help the family not to break because you will have had someone who is very special in your house and it will help a lot. Mm -hmm. And I would also want to encourage the pastors, the leaders, the community leaders, the national leaders, uh, I, I mean legislators, and whoever is concerned that let's let's do let's try to train up our families in uganda there's something that we are going to be doing in the next couple of years i don't know whether it's this year or next year but we are doing what we call safe families whereby you are going to be training families and when you come to adopt to foster but you need to go through some training which we shall call self-families, whereby we encourage people not to have dysfunctional families because we have gone through that. I cannot, I cannot recommend anyone to separate or to divorce because I know the consequences of that. My life has been, I mean, I mean it was distorted upside down because of that kind of separation. So I really encourage every family to be one, to be in unity not to separate so that the children may be saved, that their lives may not be like my life. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you will find out that most of the children who are in prisons, who are on the streets, who are vulnerable, somehow, somewhere, they have a dysfunctional family. The father is either not around, the mother is married to another person. At the end of the day, that is how it is. Mm -hmm. Most of the young children that we have in Uganda, in prisons, 90% of them have come out of dysfunctional families. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so I, I think that uh, as we finish up here, it's so important that, that that training that you're talking about, that you can train up these families, whether they're adoptive families, foster families, biological families, to train up to mm -hmm. understand those truths that you were talking about, to understand that they need to stay together and the importance of the spiritual, mental, emotional, social, in addition to the physical are so critical because so many people focus on that physical and because of it, so many families put their children into orphanages thinking that will be a quote, better life for that child when in fact what they truly need is that family to be mm. able to encourage them and to be able to build them up. So as we finish up, Daniel, um, I just want to ask you a couple questions that we ask all of our guests. And the first one is what have you read, listened to, or watched in the past few months that has most impacted the way you engage orphan care? Yeah, I think, uh, I've, 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 I've had a lot, I've, I've seen a lot, I've read a lot, but I have two people that have real uh, impacted my life. And uh, one of them is my wife. Hmm. This lady has been, uh, this lady has been uh, very instrumental, uh, very supportive 
she has face that will, I mean, move mountains. And she will love children to the extent that she will even die for them. She's like, uh, we got to do something. Most of the times she pushes me to do something that I sometimes not even, you know, think of doing at the particular time. But she has passion. So my wife, Erica, has been uh, a very, very uh, person that I can see. Uh, like she has real uh, touched my life mm. uh, to be able to. She has impacted my life to do what I'm doing now. And I've not been at home for the last 30 days, over 30 days, but she's there doing all kinds of work. And mm -hmm. she's like, please go on. I'm here. Things are not the best, but we are moving on. Mm -hmm. And she really feels like she will wake me in the morning. She will, she will, I mean, encourage me all the time. She will show me whatever needs to be done. And she will always pray with me. And uh, she has been there for me. Mm -hmm. She has been there for me. So, and then, uh, 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 then I had... Last in, in this summit, uh, JD talked about growing down. Mm -hmm. I really liked that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah JD just, talked just about share a little bit about down. what he yeah. uh, what he said there, because a lot of the listeners have not heard that. Uh, he said that the world does not need Christian leaders growing tall. We need Christian leaders growing deep. Hmm. We need to daily participate with God as cultivators of down downward growers. Mm hmm. And he gave us those, like the gifts of habits of, of, of discipline. I remember uh, that he talked about memorization of scriptures. And then he talked about uh, being uh, alone uh, in a solitary place. And then he also talked about Sabbath. I really, I mean, if you, if you ask me anything about that, I can always tell you about that. This year, I learned much about uh, JD, what JD spoke, it mm -hmm. was very impacting. Yeah. Yeah. I in agree. my life. So those are the two people yeah. that I really feel like they have impacted my life. Uh, JD has impacted my life this year. My life has ever been there mm. to encourage me to stand beside me to, uh, you know, yep. uh, yeah. Tell me that we can be able to make it. And uh, she has always been an encouragement, yeah. though I still have some other, so many other people around me. Of course, that's what we need. Yeah. We all need that uh, team around us. And, and it could be a local team, global team, every a whole lot of other people around us, which is really the idea behind this podcast is to help us to understand we're in this together and uh, how we can work together on these really, really big challenges. So on that note, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for being part of this team. Thank you for being uh, here today and sharing some of your wisdom and that God has given you, sharing your story. And uh, I just uh, am really, really encouraged by your life that uh, God has taken you uh, and he has hold of you and he is doing some awesome things through you, my brother. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you also for this time. Thank you for uh, getting this time off and then uh, just thought of me to be part of this so that I can be able to, you know, build on whatever is being built by other people to be a brick uh, as we do this work, which is not uh, easy to do because it's, it's, it's a work that is very hard, loving the unlovable. I, I, I think that's one of the greatest challenges that I've seen serving or doing this kind of work.
because the children that we love are unlovable. They have been broken, depressed, disappointed, and but you know, bringing them into into your heart uh, to fit into, I think it's not something very easy. But uh, thank you for for considering me. Mm. Uh, yeah, be part of this. This means a lot to me. And then this is like you you have just ignited some more fire uh, in me to move on and then continue doing this kind of ministry. May the Lord bless you so much. Thanks a lot. Wow, that was so good. Um, I hope that everyone out there was as encouraged by this man's life and by his story and by the work that he is doing um, as I was um, and I am. I, I just uh, want to hear from you, Kelly. Like, what what struck you? What was something that that really stood out to you uh, in the? In, could be both interviews. It could be this just part two of the interview. But uh, what 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 spoke to you? Well, absolutely, Daniel defines just the thought that nothing is wasted in the Lord, and I think we see that in his story and the life he's living. But a couple things stood out, and one I think is just the the impact that being in a family at a pivotal age. Um, and being um, kind of invested in by a godly man really set his life on a different journey, a different path, um, and really gave him that strong foundation that he needed to um, to be doing what he's doing today. And so just that, I think just the, the importance of a family. And then the second thing is, um, you know, I've, I've traveled to, to Africa. I've been in some really really poverty-stricken areas of Africa. And so, you know, just how when he was able to, um, I guess, lead his church through the scriptures of what it means to care for orphans and how because of the experiences that many of, I would assume, the people in his church had had, how they responded, not because they had room, not because they had the finances, not because, um, you know, a social worker came in and told them that everything was a-okay, but they responded out of obedience to the gospel and also just because there was a need. And so, um, you know, a lot of these families did not have enough to be able to provide for these kids, but they still um, use this as an opportunity to live out the gospel. And that is just really, I think, just the truth of, of scripture being lived out, but also, wow, what, how many times we put barriers up of why we can't do something or why we're not called or why we shouldn't. Um, and just how this kind of strips that back and just says, nope, there's a need and we're going to, we're going to walk in obedience and in faith. Yeah, absolutely. And I think his wife was a great example of that as well. Erica, um, just hearing her story where she watched her parents be killed and was orphaned in you know a double orphan way very quickly and very in just a way that nobody should ever have to go through and so that really put her in a position to to be able to live out that um call to love orphans and widows in a way that you know again you and i wouldn't be we just can't relate to that um but she's able to relate and empathize on a level and because of that is like i will never have a home without orphan children in it that we can love and provide a family for. And it's just such a beautiful picture of, of the gospel, of, of the call in, in scripture to, to love these children. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely why you and I are involved in this as well. Um, so Daniel kind of cheated us again on uh, sharing a book that has in, influenced him. So Phil, I was just curious if there's, is there something you're reading that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, actually I've, I've 
been a lot of the time that I spend reading is uh, in novels uh, because of the importance of storytelling. We all need to be storytellers, especially in this work or I mean in any work that you're doing that should impact people is to be able to tell stories in ways that, that connect with people. And I can tell you that the, the best storyteller that I've ever read is Jeffrey Archer. And he wrote Cain and Abel, which is probably my favorite novel. It's historical fiction. Um, Prodigal Daughter is a sequel to that. But the, the, the series that I've been reading, as soon as they come out, I get them, is uh, The Clifton Chronicles. And the latest book is book six of seven, and it's Cometh the Hour. Um, and I could not more strongly recommend any author out there. And I've yet to read anything that he's written that's bad. So just pick up a book by him. If it's the Clifton Chronicles, start with book one. Um, I forget the title of book one, but it's book one. Um, and uh, you will not be disappointed by this this man. He's a, he's a British guy. I actually listened to a lot of the books and uh, it's a British reader and it adds something to it. As you, If, you, if there's one thing you've learned on this podcast, it's that I, I really... Uh, I, I envy, I am sinning, I, I want a British accent. I'm not gonna lie. And uh, I think that uh, it's, it's, just, it's just a lot of fun to, to get through these books. And to have a book um, like that, that you just connect, you know, can really connect with the characters and can really get into it, it it's a good lesson for us to be able to engage people. And how can we engage people in real ways with emotion and with these, these different stories that really, I mean, these are made up. Right? I mean, yeah, it's historical fiction, but they're made up. Imagine how more powerful it is when it's real. When you watch a biopic, when you read a biography and it's engaging and it's, you know, and uh, the Bonhoeffer book was an example of a book that was written, Eric Metaxas written, writes that biography like a novel, um, but it's real. And so that's even more poignant, but, but these stories really tell us how we can engage others. That definitely relates to the story that uh, we just listened to. So of, of a life that's that's being lived for the gospel and for uh, the care of orphans around the world. So thanks for joining us this week, and we look forward to hearing from you. We hope you've enjoyed today's Think Orphan podcast. For all the information in this week's podcast, please visit us at thinkorphan.com. You too can be part of the conversation. Send your questions to info at thinkorphan.com or join us on the Think Orphan Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again on the next edition of Think Orphan.